This is an ABC podcast. It's the oldest theatre in the state. A throwback to a different time of horse-drawn carriages and gas lights. Now it's all closed up, next to a paint and sip on Perkins Street. As governments put more money towards cultural revival, I wanted to check out the restoration going on in the heart of Newcastle. Hey, I'm Laurie Dixon, and this is the Newcastle Hunter Catch-Up. I've never been in here before. Oh, wow. Today, we're treading the boards and going behind the curtain to check out the revitalisation of the Victoria Theatre. It's a 1890s uh, Victorian era theatre with all sorts of motifs which include things like these marine type motifs. These are waves that you see here, um, very similar to the dolphins in the Civic Theatre. It's been a long road to get the Victoria to this condition right now. To understand the significance of the Victoria Theatre, you have to go back to when actors were on stage and performing at around the turn of the 20th century. Firstly, this is the third Victoria Theatre. The first one was up on Watt Street. The second one was down at um, where the RSL used to be down there. You know that alleyway that goes behind where the, where the pedestrian bridge used to go across yeah, it? Yep. It was down there. The colony was doing extremely well, well into the, um, the 1880s. The, Australian Agricultural Company, the port, everything was booming. Newcastle well got past being a, a prison colony, a, a convict colony. It was booming and um, there was a desire amongst the city leaders to try and create a public venue that was uh, sufficiently august and wonderful to encourage a visit by the Governor of New South Wales. It was a hub of live performance, from vaudeville to plays to even ice skating. It also became a cinema, it hosted opera, it was a key part of the Newcastle cultural life until it quietly closed in the 1960s. And it's still standing, obviously. It's, it's currently being revitalised. I don't want to say renovated, I want to say revitalised. Um, it's coming back to life. Daniel, if you were to describe the space we are standing in, what, what are we looking at? We're standing in a very large auditorium looking across to a very large stage or fly tower, a very large enclosed space. We're also standing in a space that has evolved since uh, it was opened in 1891. Daniel Ballantyne has been advising Century Venues, who bought the Victoria Theatre a few years ago when it wasn't in the best condition. What you're seeing now is what we've done to strip it back to what are the fundamental bones of the theatre. Um, our vision for the theatre is not to restore it, um, that is beyond our financial and uh, building capacity. What we want to do is to try and conserve what is existing and then introduce the, you know, the production and technical and you know, audience fit-out required to make sure it's comfortable and serviceable. Our objective is to be a mid-sized theatre, is to uh, present uh, a lot of entertainment, a lot of music, a lot of uh, comedy, but still, given the fact that it's got a full-size stage, it's got an audience capability, to make it accessible to the community. This isn't the first time people have had a look around the old building. Sarah, at the moment you and I are standing inside the old Victoria Theatre, there is... 30 years of pigeon poo here, as well as lots of pigeons who look a little perturbed about our presence here, but we are in the fly tower. We are. It's a three-level fly tower. I was first introduced to the Victoria Theatre when I came to Newcastle in 2002. My boss at the time, a wonderful man, Graham Clark, 
said, Daniel, I know you've only just started, but down the road I want you to see something. And he brought me in here with the guy that was a selling agent and it was a totally different picture to what you see now. It was full of fit out, it was full of water, it stank, it was in a mess. And uh, council had been offered the opportunity to acquire it. They passed on it, I think sensibly at the time, and it was acquired by the Laundy family, who were a big operator of hotels. They held onto it for 10 so years and uh, were unable to come up with a combination of historic, environmental and DA that would satisfy the uh, regulatory authorities. The problem you're always up against when you've got an old historic theatre like this in a place like New South Wales is that we are beholden to the highest and best use of property and that cultural facilities can't compete because this has heritage orders on it. Fundamentally, it needs to be a theatre. So the only thing you can do with it is it's turn it back into... Yeah. <laughs> You've got to turn it into a theatre. It can only be a theatre for how it's built, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so far, we've invested over $1.6 million to get it to where we can have occasional events. Yeah. We've got a DA. We've got all the regulatory approvals out of the way. We have um, two major funding tranches from the New South Wales government. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we are literally on the verge of starting work and it's a very exciting time. Because the theatre was fitted out for retail after it closed in the 60s, a lot of the original design and decor remained intact. It's got a kind of sense of history inside it. Rather than coming along and renovating it with something horribly plastic, the building has trace memories. Carl Caulfield has been on stage in and around Newcastle for over 30 years. Carl, free local revered actor and playwright, how do you feel standing where we are right now in the stalls of the old Victoria Theatre? Well, I feel, I feel excited about the possibility. I mean, uh, I am one of those theatre tragics. So, um, I, I mean, I can see all kinds of potential from uh, this sort of venue. I'm just looking forward to the missing equation, which is to have an audience in here, ideally laughing. And then you know you're alive. And that to me is kind of like the, the missing equation. You know, I'm going to enjoy just connecting with an audience in this. It's going to be a sense of purity to it. The more simple and stripped back, sometimes that's the more effective. It's the, it's the most primal type of theatre. This is all we need. Um, I mean, I can think of any number of shows I could do here with, with just this. You, know, you can see yourself right now maybe for a the bit audience. More light, a bit more light. <laughs> I yeah. need spot. Once I've got a spot, I'll be, I'll be like a pig in proverbial. <laughs> right now, the theatre looks close to what it would have looked like back in the day. It's nearly ready to go at what is shaping up to be the perfect time, with governments and audiences keen to revive a lot of art that went dormant during COVID. The region's half a million now, and... Um, mm. Uh, you know, in terms of cultural infrastructure, uh, and this is not just the case in Newcastle and the Hunter, most communities are lagging. Uh, the demand for cultural infrastructure is huge. It's really difficult, though, for communities to organise around that because, of, you know, the, the value of property in inner city locations is ridiculous. And it makes uh, the idea of building a new theatre or a new live arts or a new cultural venue in a proper city centre location almost impossible. Entertainment precincts are popping up all across New South Wales. Broadmeadow is said to get its own, combining Hunter Stadium, the showground and the entertainment centre. It's a way of prioritising how people use land, giving cultural events a preferred space instead of developers just putting in a block of flats. 
The hope is that an entertainment precinct could work for other parts of Newcastle, focusing on culture like theatre. And that's why these buildings, which have got heritage listing and are sitting here largely dormant, and Newcastle's not the only one, it's all throughout Australia, um, we need to find new ways of uh, activating these places. And that's right. one of the things that uh, city governments and local governments have really got to get a grasp on is they've got to figure out that we want certain kinds of things and we've got to say that it's not good enough to just let retail and residential rip We've got to say that these areas need to be recognised for what they are and we need to put in place some of the things that New South Wales government has already done where it's possible to declare entertainment precincts and cultural precincts and that tells businesses and residents and investors and other kinds of people that's what's going on there. And that, you know, it's not satisfactory for you to just build another block of flats. Mm. You are building and participating in a larger cultural destination and Newcastle is primed for that right now. Daniel reckons it's important to remember how the theatre began as a shared cultural enterprise so the whole community could benefit. So Carl, do you think once the Victoria Theatre is completed and there's audiences in here to watch actors like yourself perform, this will mark a new era for theatre and the creative arts in Newcastle? I, I, think, I think it could well because I think what happens is there's just the sense in which Newcastle is gaining confidence all of the time. We've always said, we've always said, what we need is another venue. And then it's a bit like um, why the Beatles were so good, because you had all these other bands competing, mm. the Beach Boys and the Stones. Like, the more, the more you get, the more you get, you know? Build and people will come. Hopefully, in 12 months, the theatre will be operational with an audience ready to go. There's a lot of public, good public will behind this already. And I think once you get that on board and you get the kind of support that you can see uh, with, with people who've contributed, I think there's a kind of inevitability. I'm not going to say it's easy, but I mean, I, I'm loving being in the space and particularly when I'm on that space there. You can envisage yourself on the stage looking out. I can actually, I can, I can, I can easily envisage. Yeah, <laughs> let's go up. While I'm standing on the stage looking up, my head is almost spinning. <laughs> spinning, and it, it really is like there's so much to look at. Oh, I can see a pigeon. <laughs> the Newcastle Hunter Catch Up is produced on a Wobbicool country. It's presented and produced by me, Laurie Dixon. It's produced by Toby Hemmings. Executive producers are Blythe Moore and Lucia Hill. If you like the pod, give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next week with more local stories from around Newcastle and the Hunter Valley. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.